0: covering sports in the Midwest. It's the Midwest Sports Network, mwsn.net. It's episode 188 of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast and more football playoffs await. Who won last week? Who's playing this week? And we also check out the start of Indiana High School Sectionals. And who's playing this week in Indiana? It's here, not on Dayton Radio, but on the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. This is a weekly audio podcast that covers all sports in Dayton and Cincinnati, Ohio, and covers areas from Norfolk, Kentucky, and the Ohio River up to Lima and Allen County. From Richmond, Indiana, and the surrounding Whitewater Valley region to Madison County and surrounding areas. If you want local sports, this is your source. To find your favorite way of listening to this podcast, as well as visiting the T Public and Redbubble shops, and find the latest episodes, please visit syndaypod.com. This opening theme was created with the Splash app. It's time for another episode with your host, Lee W. Mallon. Sorry this episode's coming out late this week, but let's waste little time and talk high school football playoffs. I believe we're in week four now in Ohio, and Indiana just getting underway last week. Kentucky still has a few weeks before we talk playoffs in the Bluegrass State, but let's waste a little time and talk Division 1. This is the division where you have the most boys in your school. And it goes down until Division 7. If this is your first time listening to this podcast talking local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports, we start off with Division 1 Region 2 in the semis in Division 1. And Olin Tangy Liberty pulls off a 4-1 upset over Dublin Kaufman as the Patriots defeat the Rocks of Dublin Kaufman 18-15. And the second semifinal match was never played because Northmont had positive test game day against Springfield. So the Wildcats will advance on and very heartbreaking to see the Thunderbolts unable to compete thanks to COVID. Not only were the Thunderbolts the number two seed in Division 1 Region 2, but also I think the number four team in the state of Ohio in Division 1. So yeah, Northmont was great. However, the coronavirus cares not how high you are ranked, and only cares that it can infest in you. So Springfield will advance on, and they'll take on the Patriots of Olentangy Liberty. Region 3, this is your Columbus region. Region 2 is a little bit Columbus, a little bit of Dayton, and a tiny bit Northern Cincinnati. A little bit country, a little bit rock, you know, that whole funny joke. Uh, Region 3, rather, is all Columbus. And the semis in region three have number one Pickerington Central cruising over number thirteen Hilliard Bradley. Hilliard Bradley a couple upset wins in the playoffs. However, they were on they were unable to match with Pickerington Central as Pick Central wins 34-7. And Westerville Central defeats New Albany 50-7 in the battle of three and ten. And now Region 4, this is all Cincinnati. As number one Lakota West trailing, I believe it was seven three at the half roll to a 23-7 to win over Coleraine. One defeats five. And in your GCL South rematch between St. X and Elder, I got to listen to that broadcast on the radio on ESPN 1530, the gentleman that broadcast the Bombers games. They do a very good job, and it was very fun listening to the first half. But the Bombers offense too much for Elder as St. X cruises over the Panthers 56-28. to So that sets up Lakota West St. X... And this also means that both Tom Bolden and Steve Spreck are coaching another regional final game. And I think since 2008, you've seen one of those gentlemen in a regional final in Cincinnati. So, yeah, definitely great pedigrees by both coaches at St. X and Lakota West. And what's funny is Tom Bolden got most of the damage done at Colerain. And how he's turned around the Lakota West culture, where the uh, Firebirds, yeah, a couple wins, that's great. But no, this is a team that's going to battle for the state title. I I can almost guarantee that with that nasty defense and the offense that just, just keeps getting better and better. Saint X, I mean, they're a power running team. They're they're great as well. Great defense, great offense. I'm really looking forward to seeing who can beat who. Is it Lakota West the top seed, or is it Saint X? we'll find out after tonight. We'll tell you about the upcoming games as well as we move on to Division 2 Region 7. Number 1 Massillon Perry defeats number 8 Dublin Sciota 35 to 10. Number 4 Olin Tangy rolls on against number 12 Worthington Kilborn 35 to 13. We have number 2 Massillon Washington cruising over number 7 North Canton Hoover 48-23 and number 3 Westerville South 56 number 11 Olin Tangy Berlin 29 that was all Columbus and some Maslin. and now Region Eight is your Cincinnati Dayton region. We start off with the top seed of Witten Woods Warriors. They defeat Edgewood for the second time this year, thirty-four-six this time over the Cougars from Trenton, Ohio. We have number two LaSalle shutting out number seven Stebbins, forty-nine nothing. That was the game that we were watching. By watching, I mean stats-wise, in the WPTW booth, as we'll talk about this game, number six, Anderson, upsets number three, Piqua, to hand the Indians their first loss in the year, twenty-nine twenty-two. And, in fact, I looked up my agenda for the first time in uh, a month or so, uh, you know, because ice hockey starts next week. Yay! But um, if I stuck with Loveland, if ESP didn't move me to Princeton, guess who the Tigers were supposed to host in a regular season, a 10-week regular season, Anderson. So, hey, fate, how's that work? And we also have a pretty big win for Kings. Um, yes, Kings is a higher seed than Turpin, as the Knights shut out the Spartans 17 nothing. but shutting out the Spartans was more of the eyebrow raiser, like, hmm, that had to be a very complete game for the Kings-Knights. Although I did see on Facebook, uh, Ty uh, Stilski I keep wanting to say Ty Stilsky, and I don't know why it's Stilski. Ty Stilski looks like he might be out for Kings' next playoff match. And that might be a little bit of an oh moment for Kings, but we'll see. I mean, good teams will take those challenges and advance on. But I think Kings has Witten Woods, and Anderson has LaSalle. But we'll talk about future games in a moment. Division 3 now, Region 11, St. Francis of Sales, the top seed, rolls across number 8, Granville, 56 35. Number 2, Bishop Hartley gets a 34 14 win over number 10, Tri Valley. Thornville Sheridan, the three seed, defeats six seeded Bishop Watterson, 28 20. And Jonathan Alder with a shutout win over their conference foes in the London Red Raiders. 14 to nothing. Region 12 has number one Belbrook cruising across number eight St. Mary's 44 14 It's Hamilton Baden, the 2 seat defeating number seven Tippecanoe, 35-14. This is a big upset win. Number six, Alter. They shut out Trotwood Madison, the 3 seeded Rams, 42 to nothing. And no, I know Alter's a great team. But to shut out another great team like Trotwood Madison and beat them by that much? That was one where I read that off on the radio. I was like, what? Big win for the Knights. And we have an upset as number five, Ross, will easily take on number four, New Richmond, 48 12. Rams win to Division Four. Some surprises in Region 16, but we got two regions to go through first. Region 14, we have number one, Bellevue, defeating Kenton, the eight seed, 56 15. Shelby extinguishes the Firelands, 49-26. The second seed, Shelby, I should mention. The defending state champs in D4, Clyde, the 11th seed of Flyers. They take down number three, Huron, 28-21. And another upset, this time by number five, Van Wert and the Cougars. They knock off number four, Keystone, 38-27. Region 15, St. Clairsville, the number one seed St. Clairsville, they shut out number 8, Warren, 26 nothing. Number 2, Licking Valley, 49. Number 7, Heath, 0. Number 3, Bloom Carroll, 35. Number 11, Carrollton, 0. And number 4, Meadowbrook, 58. Number 5, Gallia Academy, 40. High-scoring game there, 98 points in that match. And Region 16, we'll save that upset win for last, just because, again, it's not that I'm surprised that this team won. It's just how they did it. We'll start, let's go backwards. Why not? Number four, Waverly defeats number five, McNicholas, 34-13. Wyoming takes down Graham, 28-14. Clinton Massey, a big rolling 56-20 win over number nine, Bethel Tate. And number seven, Valley View, 22. Number two, Indian Hill, 21. Why am I surprised that Valley View won? I'm not surprised that Valley View won. I'm surprised that Indian Hill didn't score uh, 50-60 points. Because each and every week, I swear, every Indian Hill result was a win where the Braves reached the 50-point plateau, or at least got close to it. Valley View shut them down for three touchdowns and three extra points. So very impressive win by the Spartans. They're looking like the teams of old if you look back through your playoff histories of Valley View High School. And now they get number three, Wyoming. Sorry, CHL fans, no Wyoming Indian Hill this year maybe it'll happen if Wyoming loses this week and maybe they'll schedule each other and have a fun time in the regular season but who's to say so yeah big upset win a value the seventh seed and they take down number two Indian Hill so very good game is one that I probably like to see well actually i'd like to see all of them let's be real division five region 18 number eight north union upsets number one liberty benton 28 to 7 and north union rolls on number two ostego 51 number seven winford 14 number three ottawa glandorf 21 number six west salem northwestern zero and number five eastwood will advance over number 13 oak harbor Probably because of COVID. Region 19 now. We have number one, Ironton 42. Number eight, Johnstown Monroe zero. Number two, Ridgewood 43. Number seven, Liberty Union seven. Number three, Wheelersburg, 31. Number 6, Bishop Reedy, 21. If I knew I said it, Wheelersburg too fast, I was going to stumble over it like I normally do. Hooray me, I didn't. And a 4-5 upset win as number 5, Harvest Prep, takes down number 4, Columbus Academy, 20-17. to 17. Region 20, can anyone stop the Spartans of Roger Bacon and Corey Kiner? Well, Greenan was unfortunately able to do so for the Knights of... What would that be? Southwestern Clark County. As Green and Falls to Roger Bacon, 41 to 19. Great year for the Green and Knights, though. Nothing to hang their heads about at all. But Roger Bacon. I mean, what a ride. Number seven, Springfield Shawnee upsets number two, Blanchester, 23-6. And former guest on this podcast, Matt Sexton, set up a broadcast on YouTube. I think it's so on YouTube. If you want to go back and watch the Braves upset the Wildcats. Is it Wildcats or Cougars? Blanchester. Not entirely sure at this point. But we move on with number 11, Marymont defeating number 19, Purcell Marion, 31-8. You might remember last week, Purcell Marion upset number 3, Brookville, by 7. This time, they're unable to get by the Warriors of Marymont, And number 4, Versailles, 35. Number 5, Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy, 19. Division 6. Region 23, we have number one, Fort Fry 51. Number eight, Afrocentric, 12. And I believe that's the last Columbus City League school in the playoffs, Afrocentric. They're now out, thanks to Fort Fry handing them a 51-12 loss. We have Dawson Bryant, the 10th seed in Region 23, Division 6. Defeating number 18, Loudonville, 35-28. Number three, Fairland, 30. Number six, Nelsonville, York, 28. And number five, Barnesville, 40. Number 13, Lucasville Valley, 14. Region 24 time, we have Coldwater staving off a hungry Fort Recovery Indian squad, 28-26. Cavaliers win. We have number two, Mechanicsburg, rolling up the points against number seven, Paint Valley, 55-7. Number three, Frankfurt Adina shuts out number 11, Minster, 28-0. And number four, West Jefferson, 55 number five, Covington. 20. And now Division 7, Region 26. Here we go with number one, Lima Central Catholic rolling across number nine, Mohawk, 53-20. to 20. Number two, Arlington will advance over number seven, lepsic I believe that's COVID-related. Number six, Hopewell Loudon upsets number three, Lima Perry and the Commodores. 26-6. I almost said Commodores for a minute. What sense would that make? And number 13, Crestview continues on a rampant wrap through the Playoffs as they upset number five Spencerville 41 28. Region 27 in Division 7 has number one Trimble defeating number nine Burn Union 35 14. We have number seven Shadyside upsetting number two East Knox 14 0. Number three Hannibal River defeats number 11 Reedsville Eastern 49 13. And number five Newark Catholic one, upset, one of their own as they upset number four Danville 42 7. And to wrap up, playoffs in Ohio Region 28, number one Marion Local shuts out number eight New Miami 42 to nothing. Fort Re- Loramie, Fort Lore-Me, rather, will shut out number seven Ansonia 42 to nothing. We have New Bremen, the three-seeded Cardinals, taking down number six Saint Henry 28-13. And an upset win for the Riverside Pirates as they stave by the number four Tri-Village Patriots 14-12. And now for your non-playoff scores. Remember, since this is a world infested in COVID and it's pretty much turned everything upside down, if you lose in the playoffs, you can keep scheduling games for a certain time. I think we're getting close to the end of that line, however. As we'll start off with one more CCC gridiron Contest between Bethel and Twin Valley South as the Bees sting the Panthers 26 13. We have the Miami Spurge Springboro battle going to the Panthers 37 7 over the Vikings. Brookville shuts out Middletown Masson 42 0. Kettering Fairmont shuts out Beaver Creek 24 0. Northeastern rolls across Arcanum 49 17. We have Greenview 28, Northwestern 14. How about that Route 40 battle of National Trail Tri County North? Gang goes to the Blazers as they shut out the Panthers of Lewisburg 21 0. St. Bernard 8, Summit Country Day 6, Gamble Montessori 12, Woodward 8, East Clinton 21, McLean 6, Northwest 31, Withrow, 13, Madeira 42, Norwood 14. We have Oak Hills 35, Harrison 9, Wilmington 48, Bactavia 8. Hillsboro stays off Claremont Northeastern 22-20. A Dixie Greyhound shutout win over Mississippi Valley, 35-0. Franklin 22, Carlisle 8, the State Route 123 battle there. Eaton defeats Greenville 28-6, the 127 battle there. Sydney 14, Vandalia Butler 8, Milton Union 32, Defiance 28. You got your first ever battle of Milton Union and Defiance. It's the Battle of the Bulldogs there. Alida takes down Fenwick and OT 13-6, West Claremont 20, Little Miami 14, Milford 34, Lebanon 28, and Hamilton 14, Central Crossing 0. And that is your Ohio playoff and non-playoff scores as we look at Indiana high school playoffs now. And we'll tell you in Class 4A... Remember, in Indiana, the lower your number is, like if you're in Class A or Class 1A, you have the smallest schools, whereas the higher you go in numbers, the higher your student population is. It goes up to 6A in Indiana, but we don't have any local 6A schools. That's more for like Fort Wayne, Indianapolis, and you know those types of cities. We'll start off with Class 4A, Sectional 21, as Fortville Mountain Union hands Richmond a 49-7 loss. And Connersville, they were on a long losing streak. The Spartans defeat Muncie Central 54-21, and I believe that snaps a 24-game losing streak. Not entirely sure if it's actually 24, but I can tell you it's 20-plus. So congrats to Connersville. Now sectional 23, we have Greenwood handing South Dearborn a 47-26 loss. East Central shuts out Silver Creek, 35-0. And Martinsville, 42, Jennings County, 11. Now we go to Class 2A, no 3As here. We start off with Sectional 38. This is more your Tri-Eastern Conference foes. We start off with the Winchester Golden Falcons. They were shut out by Heritage Christian, 35-0. Centerville and the Bulldogs, they were TEC champs. And they had a great season. However, they were unable to get past Indianapolis-Sacena, 32-13. And Shenandoah, 12, Eastern Hancock, 7. I know Shenandoah is not a Tri-Eastern Conference foe, but they are a common foe of the TEC schools. Therefore, they get mentioned. Sectional 39, Union County and the Patriots. They fall to Providence, 42-7. And Triton Central drills Switzerland County and the Pacers, 50-0. How about Class 1A action? We start with Sectional 43. South Adams shuts out Union City as the Starfires win 41 0. And Monroe Central claws a 72 0 win against Taylor. Not the same Taylor in Cincinnati, mind you. 72 0. Sectional 46, Edenburg and the Lancers. They were unable to roll against Covenant Christian as Covenant wins 75-7. And sectional 47, Try, picks up a 41-14 win over Oldenburg Academy. Milan 34, South Decatur 6. Let's try that again. Milan 34, South Decatur 6. I was about to say South Dearborn for a minute. Sorry about that. Knightstown 22, Hagerstown 6, and North Decatur 38, Lincoln 0. And that covers Indiana for you there. And I probably shouldn't close Microsoft Word because now i got to fill time to bring up the Norfolk Kentucky scores. Thanks to NKYSports.com. And thanks to Microsoft Word for maximizing over the recording window. That's appreciative. And now let's talk Week 7, NKY Football. We'll start off with Walton Verona falling to North Laurel, 28-13. Holmes rolls across Scott, 50-25. Dixie Heights picks up where they left off. A 35-14 win for the Colonels over Campbell County. Cooper, 48. Highlands, 21. Newport Central, Catholic, 42. Bellevue, 7. Covington, Catholic, 40. Connors, 0. Grow up, please. West Carter 26, Boone County 13, Lloyd 21, Holy Cross 14, Beechwood 27, Newport 7, Pendleton County 8, Paris 0, Ludlow 22, Dayton 12, Ryo 42, Simon Kenton 15, and Sayre 20. Brossart 13. Now let's talk briefly about the college scores in action. Pretty soon we'll have Maction again, as the Miami Redhawks are indeed favorites to win the MAC East title. And that's huge for Coach Chuck Martin and the Redhawks program, bringing some of that gridiron magic back to Oxford, Ohio. But the Redhawks have another week until they can battle at Jaeger Stadium. Cincinnati on the other side, they were able to come back, and they handed SMU a 42-13 loss at home. Cincinnati picks up a big road win, and for their troubles... The UC Bearcats are now seven in the AP poll and also in the coaches poll as well. Big, big win for the Bearcats. Also a great, great team that UC has as well. Unfortunately, you're not going to be able to see it in person. UC has decided the last three home games will be spectator-free. But, of course, there are ways to watch it. I believe it's on ESPN Plus or Bearcats TV, one of the two. And it's also on Radio on 700. Previous guest Dan Horde. He does a great job with the Bengals. He does a great job with UC. So definitely follow your Bearcats. NFL scores. I don't want to talk about the Browns games because it made me mad, especially at the end where uh, he wasn't in bounds. But uh, 37-34, Browns win, I guess. Colts were off Steelers, undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. They knock off a previously undefeated Tennessee Titans squad, 27-24, and now, Tennessee is in Cincinnati this week. I watched that entire game on Channel 7. Well, CB, what's this, CBS? Yeah, because Colts hosting the Bengals was on Fox. Yeah, I watched it, and the broadcasters would not shut up about the Browns' injuries, even though the Bengals had plenty of their own, you know, no RB1 and Joe Mixon. No, Gio Bernard, and most of the offensive line was depleted again, which, um, you know what? I I know I mentioned I was angry about that, but um, I still am. But uh, Joe Burrow looked pristine, and really, I think the offensive line did a great job protecting him. I, I think that was a winnable game for the Bengals. Yeah, it, it kind of slipped away from them, but there's still promise here. Now, there's a lot of question marks like, you know, is the offensive line going to be able to do that for Joe Burrow? And yes, I know, we talk O-line all the time on this podcast. It's not all the... Offensive line, I know, Joe Burrow gets sacked when he rolls out of the pocket and the offensive line isn't there to protect him. I get that. But, you know, the Bengals have made a a big signing. Quentin Spain, who I think did a nice job with Buffalo, he got cut, and now he's on the practice squad. Signed today, and that made me very happy. Now, you might have followed the soap opera, which is known as Carlos Dunlap getting upset at the coaching staff of the Bengals, which... You have your opinion on that. He could have been right. He could have been wrong. I, I wouldn't say saying that he's selling his house right after the Browns' loss was the right thing to do. But, hey, he's got a right to be angry on that. I mean, this Bengals team should not be 1-5-1. and one. No way. If the Bengals could develop the clutch gene under, clutch gene even, not clutch gene, whatever I just said. If they could be clutch under Coach Taylor You know, we're looking at a different Bengals team, especially in the year where the AFC North is loaded. It's pretty much Pittsburgh and Baltimore, which I can't wait to see that result of the first week. Cleveland's in there. I mean, Stefanski. I always call Stefanski on here. I don't know why. I apologize. But Stefanski, I think, is a nice fit for Cleveland. And for Cincinnati, it's just the big question marks are, you know, are we actually going (laughs) to... Spend a little money on the O-line next year. Maybe uh, stock up on defense. I don't know. I mean. Oh, by the way, Dunlop was traded. And this is only about the third time since the mid-1980s where the Bengals traded midseason. You might remember, I think it was 85. Was that Dan Ross, the tight end? He gets shipped off to Seattle back in the 80s. Uh, 2011, you have Carson Palmer, who was not playing at all. He gets shipped to Oakland. And now Carlos Dunlop gets shipped to Seattle. What do the Bengals get? Well, a seventh-round pick, which, you know, normally, if you if you see the field as a seventh-round pick, you know, either your team is depleted or you do have special talent and you're quite the catch at that level. Or, you know, dead piece. And also, there was an offensive lineman that uh, was picked up by the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, I looked at his stats as I go back to find out the name, because I forgot to write it down on my thing. Sorry. But, I mean, it's more depth on the offensive line, sure. Especially with that big uh, the big loss to Trey Hopkins, who I think is the better center over Billy Price, who... He might be traded, but again, the Bengals have had three trades since the mid-80s in the season. I don't know if that's happening or not. B.J. Finney. I I thought it was B.J. Finnegan or something. I don't know. But B.J. Finney is an interior offensive lineman. He does have AFC North experience with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And also, during his time in Pittsburgh, only three penalties against him. Two were offensive holding, which, you know, that's a big killer most of the time. You know, cost you 10 yards and everything. And the other one was a false start. Three, granted, not a starter. He's been a backup, but experience. Because, hey, you get on the field as a backup, and, you know, he was supposed to be part of the Seahawks line, but it it just never happened. So Seattle traded him away with that seven round pick. Also, had a two year, $8 million deal with the Seahawks before being sent off to Cincinnati. 318 pounds coming at you as a center. He's been in the league since 2015 at 29 years of age, 6'4", again, 318, born in late 1991. So there you go. I don't know why I mentioned the birth date when I already said the age, but there you go. So interesting. Uh, I mean, with Billy Price being hurt. Actually, was it Price? I thought Price was hurt. I know Trey Hopkins was. Um. I was going to say Kevin Hart for a minute. The comedian got hurt just because the Bengals lost again. No, Bobby Hart got hurt. And there was another uh, Jonah Williams. So, yeah, uh, I think uh, Quentin Spain will fit in nicely. I hope that uh, Finney fits in nicely as well with Cincinnati. Not going to bother the stats because, like I said, Joe Burrow was almost perfect from uh, a stance. And, you know, that's what we expect Burrow to do. I mean... Yeah, I, I definitely think that he's going to have a great career in Cincinnati. I just hope that eventually he doesn't sour and wants out of the Queen City. But If the O-Line can protect Burrow like they did against Cleveland, and yes, you can say, well, it's Cleveland. I mean, I know Pittsburgh's you know, up soon. Baltimore again. I mentioned the Titans. I, I think Burrow will should have a good day against the Titans. Is it's gonna Is it gonna be enough to take down the five and one Tennessee Titans? I don't know. Are you gonna be able to stop the beast that is known Derrick Henry? Uh, <laughs> I hope, but um I don't know. But Bengals play a one on Sunday, week eight. As we'll look at the schedule to recap a little bit. And then we'll tell you a little bit about the upcoming games. Because, you know, you need to hear about that. Because they're starting oh in just a few hours. And luckily, I don't have a game tonight. Which, yeah, that sucks. But, you know, at the same time, I'm able to do this podcast today. So I'm pretty happy about that. Bye week next week. And then at Pittsburgh Week 10 at the Washington football team Week 11. And it's... I think it's pretty much determined that they're going to stick with Washington football team. What kind of name is that? I mean, yes, I know you have across the pond for a Premier League. You don't have like the Liverpool Reds or the Manchester United Red Devils. You don't have that. It's Manchester United FC, Liverpool FC. But come on, Washington football team. You couldn't <sighs> what are the Bengals back home. Good question, Lee. It's week 12, Sunday, November 29th against the New York Giants. Then at Miami, hosting Dallas, hosting Pittsburgh, at Houston, hosting Baltimore. End of the season. Regular season. And that's your Bengals. Yeah. A wasted opportunity to pick up a win against the team up north. But, I will say this, Cleveland lost to a two-win team last year, so, you know... Take that or something. I'm not good at comebacks. I'm just good about talking about local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports. And in fact, we're going to start off with the upcoming games. We're starting off in Indiana. 189, episode 189 will have your upcoming games and also the scores from this upcoming weekend. So let's start off with closing the add on max preps even though I have Ad Blocker Plus on here, but never mind. We'll talk about... Probably help if I have that back up here. Connersville, the Spartans I mentioned, they snapped a long losing streak with a 54-21 win over Muncie Central. What does that give the Spartans? Well, they have a date with the Trojans of Newcastle. Newcastle defeated Shelbyville last week, 42-6. So this will be tonight at 7. And I want to say the bottom team is the home team. And, of course, I get the whole spiel that I should get unlimited access for free. But I'm not doing that. pretty sure that's at Connersville. This is on max prep. So I can't tell if the bottom team is home or the top team is home. I can tell you all times listed are local. That's something. And also, can I just say, it is very cool that the Indianapolis Colts partner with the IHSAA. It's something I wish the Bengals and the Browns could do. I know it'd be a partnership, but I, I still think that'd be cool. You know, have a state title at Cincinnati's Paul Brown Stadium. Have a state title game at, uh, what is that, First Energy now? I just know it is a factory of sadness, but there you go. I don't know why I'm yelling today, but there you go. So Richmond, they fell to Mount Vernon, 49-7. What's up next for the Marauders of Mount Vernon? Well, they have Pendleton Heights, who defeated Greenfield Central 42-6 last week. And that'll be tonight at 7. So that's your look at sectional 21 for both Connersville and Mount Vernon, who defeated their opponents last week. Let's jump into... I already did 4A. I don't want to look at that again. And people don't want to hear that again. Let's do 2A. Now the closing of the ad, and I can tell you all times listed are local again, isn't that great? Because remember, Indiana is mostly eastern time, except that little northwest corner towards Valparaiso in Chicago, up there. They're in central. And also, I probably shouldn't be doing this on the fly, because it makes me sound like I don't know what I'm talking about. So let's do Heritage Christian. They defeated Winchester right in sectional 38 play, 35-0. Well, they get Northeastern next, and Northeastern has withdrawn from the playoffs. So Heritage Christian will not play tonight. They'll play next week against the winner of Indianapolis Cecina or Shenandoah. Cecina defeated the Centerville Bulldogs 34-14. Shenandoah defeated Eastern Hancock 12-7, which, by the way, if you head to Indianapolis or head away from Indianapolis, you can see Eastern Hancock right off I-70. It's really close to the United States, so there you go. Out in the middle of nowhere, too, but hey. And I want to make sure I'm covering all my local Indiana schools, and it looks like I have already done that. See, my thing is I know Indiana schools, but uh, not that much. I mean, my bread and butter is I know Cincinnati and Dayton schools. That's me. I talk a little bit of Lima schools just because they're in conferences with Miami Valley schools and I talk a little bit of Columbus just because when ice hockey rolls around, that's all I talk about. So, there we go. And actually, that wasn't it. By the way, do, did I mention that in IHSAA play, you play for the state title at Lucas Oil Stadium, the home of the Colts? Yeah. That's why I mentioned the Bengals and Browns would be cool. I know most people want in Columbus because that's the most central location in Ohio Stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom Benson's uh, stadium. Tom Benson stadium? Yeah, he owns it now. The Hall of Fame stadium, Tom Benson Hall of Fame stadium in Canton. That's cool because that's where the NF season is normally beginning if we weren't in a world infested of COVID. But... It's kind of in the Northeast quadrant. So if you're from Southwest Ohio, Northwest Ohio, you've got a pretty trip. And it's not a lot of fun to go. So let's talk about Union County. They fell to Providence 42-6. And Providence will move on next week. Mitchell withdraws from Turney. Mitchell defeated Eastern last week, 29-16. And Mitchell will not play against Providence because I'm guessing COVID. It doesn't say it's COVID, but... Yeah, it could be, you know, shortage of players, you know, injury-related. But at the same time, look at it. I mean, you see a lot of games, a lot of teams drop out of the playoffs because COVID. So, who will Providence play next week? Well, that's between Triton Central and Paoli. Paoli? Paoli? They defeated Clarksville last week, 62-38. Triton Central, remember, shut out Switzerland County and the Pacers, 15 nothing. A lot of schools on here, you know. They're just they're pretty cool names. I, I should mention lapel, because they're technically in the Miami Valley. Lapel defeated Frankton in sectional 36 play, 46 to 20, and that sets up a battle with Eastern, who upset Alexandria Monroe last week, 48 0. So Eastern Lapel will be tonight at seven. Moving on, that was my cat trying to attack me. My cat's saying that she's ready for football, so there you go. Who says this podcast isn't professional? And we move on to Class 1A. Again. Actually it doesn't say it this time. Nice. So we'll talk about Edinburgh. They lost to Covenant Christian 75 to 7. So Park Tudor got a buy last week. Not this week, they'll take on Covenant Christian tonight at seven. I mentioned Try. The Titans picked up a 41-14 win over the Twisters of Oldenburg Academy. Who does Try have next in sectional 47 play? That's Milan, who defeated South Decatur last week, 34-6. North Decatur, who shut out Lincoln last week in Cambridge City, 38-0. They'll get Knightstown, who took down Hagerstown, 22-6. I should mention Rock Creek Academy. They're a team that we mentioned a bunch Uh, During the season. I don't know if they're in the local area. Or they just play a lot of local teams. But they withdraw last week. So that sets up North Central against Perry Central. Central. Perry Central by the way. Defeated Springs Valley 42-0. Looking around to see other local schools. Monroe Central. They'll get South Adams tonight. South Adams defeated Union City 41-0. And... Monroe Central shut out Taylor, 72 to nothing. Now Westell almost had a big win over Tri-Central, which is not the same Tri. This is Tri-Central. Tri-Central will move on to take on Madison Grant. And it looks like Traders Point Christian, we talked a little bit about, about them. They defeated Tri-County last week, 13-12. They'll play next week because Clinton Prairie, which I think is on the west end of the state, withdrew from the tournament. Clinton Prairie had a nice 28-7 win over Carroll. Now, is this Fort Wayne Carroll? Let's look. No, Flora, Indiana. They're the Cougars. See, when I say Carroll, I automatically think the private school in Riverside off of Linden. But, uh, you know, that's just me. And I think that's all the local schools. And it looks like indeed I'm correct. So let's move on to Ohio high school playoffs. As I mentioned, Division 1 will be playing for the regional finals tonight. Uh, the rest of the divisions they'll have to No, I don't want school directory. They'll have to wait until next week for that. But it is coming, I promise. And it does feel a lot like cool fall weather, especially today. Woo. Had to bundle up in two jackets, but at least it's preparing me for, you know, the winter season and being in cold rinks again, which will be nice. So let's talk about Division One, Region Four, and in fact, the Final Four is already up. Start off with Olin Tangi Liberty taking on Springfield in Springfield tonight at seven o'clock. Winner of that will play in the state semifinal. This is Region Two. Actually, we're going to go on max perhaps real quick just because it's easier to access the brackets. Behind-the-curtain look. Aren't you glad you hear all this stuff? For Region 3, it's Pickerington Central, the top seed, against the Warhawks of Westerville Central, the three seed. And Division 4, I already mentioned Lakota West and St. X. Just to talk a little bit about that. It's really going to be interesting to see how you know the offensives click against each other, the defenses... I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what this result is. I mean, I I, I don't have you know, a, I don't have you know a preference one way or the other. I'm just looking forward to a real good game, so I can tell you about it next week. How about Region Seven Division Two? And there's more stuff to talk about on here. Remember, this is the Final Four, so regional semis, regional finals next week in Division Two through Seven. We have tonight, number one, Massillon Perry against number four, Olin Tangy at Massillon Perry. And we have number two, Massillon Washington, the Tigers, hosting number three, Westerville South. Again, this is Region 7. We now go to Region 8. And we start off with Kings at Winton Woods. Now, a little preview on this. Kings and Winton Woods was supposed to up the regular season, but Kings had a positive test week one. And a lot of people thought that Kings were just afraid to play Wynton Woods. Because, you know, Wynton Woods has been very good for a very long time. But so has Kings, in a sense. This is really going to be a great game. I mentioned Stilski was listed out, but I don't know how true that is. I mean, it's a Facebook post. It's almost like, I went to Wikipedia. Hey, did you know that Kings Mills Kings was built on a roller coaster at Kings Island? Kings Mills Kings Island? Yeah, so... That'll be a fun one to watch. That's at 7 tonight. And also at 7, LaSalle hosts Anderson. I still can't believe that I got to see the Anderson Redskins last week, and I was supposed to see them anyway if I was stuck with the Loveland Tigers. I shouldn't say stuck. That's not right. If I was still with the Loveland Tigers, if I didn't get moved over to Princeton. I, I'm sorry about that. I did not mean stuck. But if I was still with the Loveland Tigers, I would saw Anderson at home that week. So Lasalle will host Anderson. Kings will be at Witten Woods. So two good Cincinnati battles there. Let's go to division. Not to the bottom of the page. Division three, Region eleven. You know, normally I just pause when I have breaks like this. But since this episode is going to be pretty short, because it's you know being recorded around five. On Football Friday, you know, yeah. Final four, Region Eleven, Division Three is St. Francis of Sales hosting Jonathan Alder and number two, Bishop Hartley hosting Thornville Sheridan. And now Region Twelve, Bellbrook's part of that picture. What did I read? Third or fifth undefeated season for the Golden Eagles? Been a very nice year. Who do the Golden Eagles of Bellbrook have? They have Hamilton Ross. Ross at Bellbrook tonight. And Hamilton-Baden will host Archbishop Alter. Now, I know Ross is not in Hamilton. They're in the small village south of Hamilton called Ross. Not just because, you know, Ross, a guy named Ross. He was on a break, you know. What is wrong with me? My sense of humor is all whacked. Anyway, number five, Ross is at number one, Bellbrook. And number two, Baden hosts Alter in the GCL co-ed matchup definitely looking forward to those as well. I should stop saying that because there's not a matchup that I'm not looking forward to. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we got great football, great high school football in Ohio. So, okay. I mentioned no Indian Hill, Wyoming, unless they schedule it in the regular season, if they have time. But we have number seven, Valley View, and number three, Wyoming. And number one, Clinton Massey hosting number four, Waverly. And then the winner of those teams, both those games at 7 tomorrow. Remember Division 4, 5 and 6 play tomorrow, Saturday, on Halloween night. And Divisions 1, 2, 3, and 7 play tonight. Day of recording on the 30th. So again, Valley View is at Wyoming. Clinton Massey will host Waverly tomorrow. And, you know, Valley View and Wyoming have been common foes in the playoffs, especially in the 90s during the Valley View state runs and I can't wait to see what the Cowboys bring up against the Spartans. I mean, this is a Valley View team that held Indian Hill to 21 points. And I think throughout the season, Indian Hill, they've scored at least over 45 each and every game. So, yeah, don't count out the Spartans, but also you're at Wyoming in enemy territory. And Wyoming, oh yeah, their defense happens to be really good and their offense is rolling strong. I mean, it started off where Wyoming was getting, uh, what was it, about 21 points per game, and then, boom, here comes 50, 60 points from Wyoming. So yeah, if there's a way to walk, well, nope, it's Halloween, I got trick-or-treat with my stepdaughters, so... I won't be able to watch it, but I'm looking forward to that result. Let's go to Region 15, Division 4, because we're working backwards for some stupid reason. Number one, St. Clairsville, hosts Metalbrook, the fourth seed. And number two, Looking Valley, has number three, Bloom Carroll. And I believe we talk Region 14, do we not? Let's look on here. We do. Van Wert, the five seed, is at number one, Bellevue. And Clyde, the defending D4 state champs, the 11th seed at Flyers, spelled with an I instead of a Y. They're at number two, Shelby. And this Clyde team has already picked up a couple upsets of their own. Well, let's see. Uh, upset of the six-seat, Wauseon, and an upset of the three-seat, Huron. So, yeah. By the way, Clyde is more towards the northwest quadrant of the state. I think I mentioned it on a previous podcast, but don't ask me to go back through my episodes, because I rarely do that. I listen to the interviews, just see, you know, what I can do better, you know, whenever my next interview is. But... Let us load Division 5, Region 20. My internet stopped for some reason. That's good. This would be a very awkward uh, episode if I did that. Springfield Shawnee will welcome in Mary of Cincinnati, in southern Springfield area. And Roger Bacon will get to host for sales. That's your regional semifinals for D5 Region 20 starting tomorrow. Let's go back to Division 5, Region 19. Some regions have more stuff to read. Oh. um, Hey, Scott Reed. His photos are in here. That's very cool. He does a great job, and hopefully he can be a future guest on my podcast, but the man does great work. The you only know, problem is he's not in the Springboro area anymore. He's more in the Columbus area or Westerville. I see a lot of pictures of Olentangy, Westerville Central, Westerville North, Westerville South, Olentangy Liberty, Dublin Kaufman, The man is a great photographer, and I definitely hope that I can get him on the podcast soon. Anyway, this is Region 19, Division 5. Tomorrow, you'll have Ironton hosting Irish... I was going to say Irish Prep. What the heck is that school? Harvest Prep, the 5-seed, is at Ironton, the top seed. And Wheelersburg is at Ridgewood, 3, visiting 2. Tomorrow at 7. 7. I'm just forgetting how to talk as this episode rolls on, which is great, isn't it? So North Union had the big upset over the number one seed. What does that give North Union? Well they'll get to visit number five Eastwood tomorrow at seven. And we'll have two and three battle. Ostego will welcome in Ottawa Glandorf. And that'll take us to Division Six. Let's talk about that region twenty-three. That region twenty-three goodness will bring us Fort Fry, the top seed. They'll get Barnesville. And Fairland will be at Dolson Bryant. I believe all the local schools are out. With Worthington Christian Afrocentric out. But is there any reason for me not to talk about that? Probably is, but I can't think of a good one here. How about Region 24 in Division 6, Coldwater? They staved off. Fort recovery by two points. What's the reward for the Cavs? They get number four, West Jefferson, coming in. And Mechanicsburg will welcome in Frankfurt, Adina. Yes, I know the school is just Adina, but, you know, if I say Adina, are you going to be able to pinpoint it? By the way, both those games are tomorrow. And now Division 7 Region 27. We're getting close to the end, folks. Aren't you excited? Number five, Trimble, will host Newark Catholic, the five-seed, and Hannibal River will welcome in number seven, Shady Side. I think we also talk about Region 26, too. This is why I need Microsoft Word up at all times, so I know what regions I talk about. There's a lot we talk about on this podcast. How about Crestview? A couple upset wins for Crestview there. They upset the four seed in the second round, the five seed last week, and they hope to take down the one-seeded Thunderbirds of Lima Central Catholic. Tough task, but i will be interesting to see how that goes. And number two, Arlington. They were off last week thanks to covid wrecking wrecking Lipsick's chances of competing, and they'll get number six, Hopewell Loudon, coming in. And lastly, Region 28, Division 7. We got Marion Local. They shut out New Miami last week. They'll get number five, Riverside. And number two, Fort Laramie will welcome in number three, New Bremen. And that is your look at the upcoming games. Both of these are tonight at 7 on the 30th. And definitely, if you can catch these games, I recommend it because I tell you something, there is nothing like high school football in Ohio. We talk about Indiana high school football because it's in the area, but I tell you. Talking about Ohio high school football, it's very exciting. And hopefully it's very enjoyable listen on this podcast. No broadcast for me this week. I will say getting back on radio last week at WPTW was a treat. We had uh, two play-by-play broadcasters, myself and another gentleman, and we split uh, the duties. I did first and fourth quarter. Piqua almost pulled up the win. They were down to Anderson pretty much the entire game, but Jackson Kuhn, the quarterback for Anderson, I tell you, that kid can deal. He can throw the ball. In fact, he had uh, close to 2,500 yards coming into the game against Piqua, and uh, he had, what was it, 400-plus? When the the people that cover the local Upper Valley area, of the Miami Valley, when they give the Athlete of the Week award to Competing quarterback, that's saying something. Jackson Coon was the Press Pros Magazine uh, Player of the Week. I mean, the kid ran in two touchdowns, threw for two touchdowns as well. And I tell you, the way Anderson won, though, that was heartbreaking for Piqua just because it looked like Piqua, they stopped Anderson, who went for it on, what was it, 4th and 5 at their own 30, something like that. They went for it, they failed, and then Piqua got the ball. But then the sophomore quarterback Brady Uhl threw an interception. His what was it? It's a low number. I don't have the stats in front of me, but uh, yeah, that was tough. That was tough. And then Anderson drove the rest of the way and pretty much won it with 48 seconds left. I, I, I mean, Pickwa, that's a great team, and they that's probably one of the best teams that Piqua has had in a few seasons. Alexander Stadium. If you get a chance to go to Alexander Stadium, do it. Now, I, I want to correct myself last week because I thought that Piqua had a field right off 36, and I was right. I was right. It's Wart Stadium, and this is where the Piqua soccer teams play, and this is where the Dayton Dutch Lions played against Wigan Athletic. I remembered from last week, and it was like, oh, like <laughs> during the broadcast, it's like, oh, yeah. I'm an idiot, but there you go. So yeah, I mean, I drove by it twice because the radio station's on the west end of town and the stadium's on the east end of town. But at the same time, I got back on radio and uh, (laughs) I loved it. It was great. I had the color commentator Lloyd Shoemaker there. You know, I I think I could have done a little bit better mixing in everyone, but... You know, being back on radio, it just—I wanted to make sure I got the job done. And of course, you know, I'm—I'm I'm over 1,200 broadcasts, so yeah, I know how to broadcast. But I, I get butterflies every time I step up to the mic. I don't care how many games I've done; I always have that fluttery feeling where I'm like, okay, don't screw up and don't swear on air and don't say, you know, that person sucks. You know, not like I think that anyway, but you know what I'm saying. You know, I always have that fear that, you know, I'm going to screw up royally and then I just never get a job. But there you go. So I think that'll do it. Actually, one more little tidbit before we sign off and play the closing theme. Uh, Cincinnati Cyclones. No, I did not get that broadcasting job. Um, it It is what it is. But they have recently signed a pair of Westchester natives. Now... I follow the Cyclones, but I don't pretend to know everything about the ECHL team in Cincinnati, because that'd be a lie. But I can't remember a time where Cincinnati signed not one but two locals. That'd be a Don Helbig question if I ever get back on the podcast. Just see, hey, did the Cyclones 1.0 ever signed a Cincinnati instead of team? I mean, I like these signings. I mean, if they're good players, then that's great. But, hey, they're local. They can say... Come to my games. They're down in Cincinnati. I mean, if there's one thing that I wish Cincinnati Sports Radio would cover more, it's the Cyclones. There's no reason why the Cyclones shouldn't be on radio. In fact, if I was hired, that'd be my number one goal. Get it on, you know. I know college basketball pretty much takes over. I mean, UC, Xavier, Norfolk, Kentucky, uh, Kentucky, Louisville. Uh, I must say there was other schools on there, but I doubt that. Can you get Miami basketball in Cincinnati? I don't know, but you get what I'm saying. College basketball, but at the same time, why is there no Cyclones on radio? Why is it just internet only? You know? Give me hockey on radio. Cincinnati, please. If you need a broadcaster who knows hockey, I know one, me. But there you go. That'll do it. That's episode 188 on, I start off to be a very good episode, and then I just kind of tailed on whatever that was. Enjoy high school football, but more importantly, enjoy local sports. Not on Dayton Radio. We'll talk to you again for episode 189. We'll cover all the games I mentioned on the final scores and we'll talk about the upcoming football playoffs and more next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. Be sure and bookmark Sindaypod.com, the official website of the local Sunday Sports Podcast. From there, you can find your favorite way of listening to future episodes on platforms such as Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, TuneIn, Pandora, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and more.